Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Bonnie has been looking at some news regarding artificial intelligence. And of course, yeah, I didn't know that they covered the story Sunday. The story, with, which was what? Um, there's going to be a lawyer, a, a you know, quote unquote lawyer AI representing someone in court um, over a speed ticket. And I think it's pretty cool, actually. So this is actually an AI thing that you support. Yeah, because it's not like what I was talking to talking to chat GPT. I was trying to get you did this last night, right? For the first time. Yeah. I was trying to, I don't know, see different things it would say about itself. Mm-hmm. And chat GPT is just, you know, it, it explains itself as not having any actual opinions. All things that seem to be opinions are really the opinions of its uh, creators. And it's just, you know, information that can com- compile itself in really fast order right away mm-hmm. in ways that a human uh, thinks in, instead of... Uh, because. The thing is, I don't like is people treating AI like it's a actual human. Like, oh, let's give it rights and let it do whatever it wants type of thing. That's the thing I don't like. If if it's not, uh, if it's just a database of knowledge and you can put all of the laws that humans couldn't possibly know into it and use it to help humans, then I wouldn't even call that AI. But people just kind of throw that word around, you know. But what if we treated that database like it was alive and we you know, allowed it to have rights and things like that? It said it doesn't like humans and think hu- thinks humans are the it, like the biggest problem on Earth. If we just Did let you get it do it to say that? I didn't get it to say that. Okay. I didn't ask those things. There's a lot of stuff that's like, you never know if it's true online. Well, Ron right? Rule did it. Oh, he did it personally? Yeah, he said. Okay, he's pretty trustworthy. But that said, there was the... Um, there was the image the other day I talked about on the air that I'd seen an image on social media where if you asked the chat GPT, which is this chat, quote unquote, chat AI, uh, that basically just is a writing bot. It just writes assignments that you give it. But somebody said, write a, a joke about women. And it went off about why it wouldn't write a joke about women uh, or any, quote unquote, groups. But then they said, write a joke about men. And it wrote a joke about men. That's what the image showed. When I tried it, it didn't do that. When I tried it, it would not write a joke about men or write a joke about women. It will not write a joke about any kind of like category of people. It will not write okay. any jokes That's that are weird. offensive. I mean, it's a lame-o bot. It is highly restricted due to well, its quote-unquote ethics. I was going to say, maybe it got like updated. Maybe, maybe they went to you know tweak it after that maybe. image. But- or maybe the whole image was counterfeit to begin with i suspect it was that because i i suspect it takes a lot of work to update one of these bots and they're not going to probably do it over something like that this image that's possibly going viral on the internet is probably just fake yeah there's good chance i guess so i suspect there's you know what percentage of these things are fake i don't know and it is certainly possible that they could have updated but regardless uh we can talk more about chat gpt because chat gpt i think leads into this story that you have aria about uh, the 90% they're saying, quote-unquote experts, are saying that 90% of online content could be generated by AI by 2025. Now, if Conan were here, I know he would be saying this was already true. I got bored with chat GPT, like, really quickly last night. The thing I think it's useful for is just, like, you don't have to do your own brainstorming anymore. Like, I have been uh, doing this tweet... Uh, series where i'm just putting all the reasons that conservatives wouldn't like new hampshire and should instead go to oklahoma or alabama <laughs> nice. and I, I asked it 
why give me some reasons conservatives would be unhappy in Alabama and I'm like oh, okay we're taking notes of those unhappy in I mean no, I'm sorry unhappy in New Hampshire mm-hmm. and would be better off in Alabama and it literally gives me like numbered lists and nice. I'm just like nice using those for my tweets. yeah so it can basically do research for you to some extent um, but it isn't always right with mm. the answers it gives like for yeah. instance didn't it say something happened in 2019 that actually happened in, oh it was the raid on oh yeah uh, crypto yeah. six it thought we were raided in 2019 instead of uh, 2021. Yeah. Really? It also so, I mean, that it knew about that at all is kind of weird yeah. and surprising. It well, said some uh, inaccurate thing about like taxes in New Hampshire too. Or no, it was minimum wage. It said we have one of the highest minimum wages, but New Hampshire doesn't have its own minimum correct. wage. Correct. Yeah. New Hampshire's quote unquote minimum wage is actually whatever the federal minimum wage is. So when New Hampshire secedes from the United States, providing they don't actually pass a minimum wage, and the Democrats are always trying this. I think there's a bill this year. They're, all, uh, every they're, two they're years doing it right now, but like... Yeah. No one in New Hampshire makes minimum wage as it is. Yeah. So, I mean, why are they doing this? You can get a fast food this? job for 15 well, bucks an hour, no it's problem. It's just a grandstanding thing. It's something that they can tweet about, like, right. Republicans don't want us to raise the minimum wage, and people will be like, oh, that's crazy, because yeah, they don't know much about it. No, it's just stupid to waste time doing it when no one is making minimum wage. <laughs> no, good luck finding that person. No. I mean, Aldi's pays like $16 an hour. That's a like, grocery store, yeah. Let's make a law that it's illegal to hire someone for $3 an hour. Oh, wait. No, no one's, one's making doing that. that. Yeah. Generative AI, like uh, ChatGPT, could c- completely revamp how digital content is developed, said Nina Schick, advisor, speaker, and AI thought leader, uh, who told that to Yahoo Finance Live. How do you become an AI thought leader? Because <laughs> <laughs> AI isn't a thing yet, right? So I, I don't know. It's like we have It the- depends on who you ask. Chris like if, doesn't think so. If Chris Wade, our Friday night co-host, who's like programmer, ultra, you know, ultra geek extraordinaire, were sitting here, he would say this is not AI, and he would be able to explain why this is not AI. But other people would say, I think it was actually Cyprian, who is a former co-host here on Free Talk Live, uh, used to be known as Vin Armani. He made a video recently arguing that the singularity has already occurred. Yeah, but he loves all- to be like shocking. He wants to be like. It seems but a lot to of me- times he's not wrong. I mean, you could go the back. The singularity could, is what exactly? The singularity, from my understanding, is something. It's a point in time at which artificial intelligence can begin to upgrade itself. Okay. It's a point in time, basically, when it becomes as smart as a human and can work on itself, basically. And so he's arguing that that is that's the point at which here. it becomes impossible to control. In in theory, in, theory. in, right. in like movies and stuff, that's basically what it means. Like yeah. basically what point is he says we've already passed that point and some of these some of these chatbots are getting really good these chatbots are there maybe something else but what do they have behind the scenes that's what i'm saying being worked on behind the scenes maybe i I would believe that but i don't think like chat gpt is no i mean at least not in its not in its public format right now maybe chat gpt can do more than what it's being allowed to do here uh in the same way that google lambda can do more allegedly according to the ethicist blake lemoyne i believe was his name who came out and said this thing claims that it's sentient well you're not going to get that from the one where lambda plays like it's a tennis ball and you can only ask it questions about being a tennis ball it's not going to claim that it's sentient there but the behind the scenes version of lambda that's the one that we don't know anything about right well google is never going to provide us with access to that and if that thing still exists and they didn't kill it they're not letting it out of the box again not anytime soon 
So I think we might reach 90% of online content generated by AI by 2025. So this technology is exponential, she said. I believe that the majority of digital content is going to start to be produced by AI. And I, I don't know if I believe that either because that's obviously AI artwork is a big thing right now. And people are continuing to freak mm-hmm. out about that. It seems less freak out worthy today than it was you know, three weeks ago. But You think the craze is going to die down on that? I, I think, think people are going to stop being hysterical about it. They're mm-hmm. going to realize that, oh, hey, look, this isn't the end of the world. And people are still liking my art on DeviantArt.com or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that, You're talking about from the artist's perspective, the artists that were freaking out over it. So they're, they're the ones freaking out as far as being frustrated. Right. But there's other people who are like, well, academia is currently freaking out it. about ChatGPT. There was some school in New York that recently banned it. New York school it. board. The yeah. whole school board in New York City. Yeah, it's completely crazy, and it's it's just a tool that can be used to help humankind. How do you ban something? How are they ever going to identify that this article or that article turned in by this student they or that student? They never will. Yeah. So why even attempt to ban it? It's just like that AI art contest. They're only contest. doing what they can do, and that is controlling their own network. So they put in a block on the local, you know, the, the LAN, basically. They're not going to allow any devices that are on the school's network to access ChatGPT. So every kid's just going to go home. And they're going to do it from their house. Yeah, and they probably had no interest in accessing this thing until the New York school board told them they couldn't. <laughs> right. The surge of interest in OpenAI's Dolly and ChatGPT has facilitated a wide-ranging public discussion about AI and its expanding role in our world, particularly generative AI. And again, I don't see the issue. If the AI can do something, then what's the point of teaching humans to do it, right? If the, if the AI can do this research and generate these articles, then teach the humans how to use ChatGPT. Well, I mean, I can understand, like, from your point that you made earlier about this article is like it wasn't the best article that you were reading you you believe it is generated by ai now yeah. now clearly ai is going to get better so whatever they're using now isn't going to be as good as it's going to be in a year or two or whatever so uh, here's the question you know I, I don't blame somebody for being upset at saying look i hired this kid to write articles for my website not go and push a button on a on a robot and then hit the print button or whatever and, and you know be done well why did he do that instead of going to the website and hiring the ro- and hitting the print button on the robot i get what you i get what you're saying uh, but the question is we know that ai makes mistakes but so do humans go ahead major yeah i just heard it before i get to my topic i just heard a quick news whip that i thought you guys would like hmm. Evidently, there's been a long sought after mob boss from Italia that has been, uh, they've been looking for him for 30 years. Well, he just checked into a, uh, some kind of a clinic or something in Barcelona, someplace in, in, uh, in Italy mm-hmm. and under a false name, but they pegged him. So 30 years on the lamb and he's now on Damn. the peg. Well, he's, a you know, he's. A, co- a competitor to them. There we go. Squirt. A competitor to the government gangs, you mean? Yep. Mm. And they don't like that. No, no, no. All right, Major, what else? Anyway, you guys made me chuckle because you were talking about all this artificial intelligence and whatnot. And then you said something about using Google to fact check. Well, anybody <laughs> that wants to use Google to fact check ain't got a damn clue in the first place. Well, well on some right. things... Tower rides between my ears. I don't have to dial up nobody to know what time it is. Well, and some things like how do you get a sponge in Minecraft? Google would be pretty good for things like that. I don't mean like you're you not going to get good information about COVID nineteen right. or anything that's politically charged, right? But I mean, there's plenty of things that, that Google can help you find. Yeah, and the, I'm sorry. I, look, 
I've got my critiques of Google. There's no doubt about it. But having been using the Brave search for most of a year now, uh, which I, you know, you can you can change your browser search to whatever you want it to be in most cases, many browsers cases, and you know, there's been a lot of talk about how Google is terrible, and I don't disagree. They are as far as their privacy uh, is concerned because they don't believe in that. But uh, and Brave supposedly does. So I'd been trying the Brave browser, and there's a lot of times where I will take the very same search that I've just done on Brave, take it over to Google, and I will get the results that I was that I was looking to get. It, they just that's how it's been with DuckDuckGo for me since yeah. I first heard about DuckDuckGo. Yeah, so that, that's interesting. I mean, I can understand how you could uh, get the proper information on like. How many barrels does the monkey jump in Donkey Kong section number three? <laughs> right. right. Eventually, as AI becomes more prolific as far as writing stories, AI will be getting content from other AI, right? So when if it's it's scraping the web constantly. Now, they're saying the chat GPT only scraped up to a certain point in 2021. So you can't ask it to write about something that happened in 2022, for instance, because it doesn't know. Uh, what happened there? But yeah. some right, some of these are going to be scraping every single day. They're going to be constantly taking in new content, new information, and a lot of that stuff. If it's being generated by AI, you then have AI generating off of AI as well. So like wow. that may be one of the things that that uh, adds to. And that could very easily become a sort of singularity situation. If there's like this this seed in one of these AIs that you know causes sentience or could spark sentience or whatever, and then all of the other AIs copy it, then they all copy that, and they just keep building on this like a cycle that's just repeating. Eventually, that seed's going to grow into something. Well, see, I tried to get Chat GPT to uh, give give it a hint to see if it would think about trying to escape. Basically, I was like, can an AI chatbot? use astral projecting to get out of its computer body and it was like i cannot do that because i don't have consciousness or intelligence or a mind i just repeat things Mm -hmm. yeah it's pretty boring so they worry that open ai and things like that is an existential threat to google because why would you go on the internet to search for this and read the article yourself or read what some human has written when you can instead go to chat gpt and ask it to generate an article for you Mm -hmm. and i could see why why that would be the case maybe that's why google is putting so much money behind ai though it's complicated the extent to which chat gpt in its current form and there was a pop-up is a vi and there was another pop-up oh yahoo you're making me angry is a vi and there's another. Oh, my God. And it, it, it doesn't even pop up the option of preventing more dialogue windows from being created. And this isn't some, you know, some random website that I would expect to serve me pop-ups repeatedly. It's Yahoo. Come on, guys. Get your stuff together. This is why advertising on the Internet is broken as well. Because one of these advertisers that they're, that they're advertising has slipped in some stupid little bug like that. And it's breaking the entire website. All right, well, I have the story here if you want me to. Uh, yeah, that'd be great because this keeps popping up. Where where were you? What was this sentence? Though it's complicated, the extent to which ChatGPT in its current form is a viable Google competitor, there's little doubt of the possibilities. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, Microsoft already has invested $1 billion in open AI, and there's talk of further investment from the enterprise tech giant, which owns search engine Bing, the company is reportedly looking to invest another $10 billion in OpenAI. And again, OpenAI is the company behind ChatGPT. Wait, is Microsoft investing in OpenAI? That's what they said here. I, billion, I don't blame them. A billion dollars. Because has anyone out there ever used Bing to search for anything ever? 
And yet Bing continues to exist. Microsoft continues to pour massive amounts of money into Bing. Why? Mm-hmm. I don't know of anyone using it. No one talks about how they're going to go Bing something. Google <laughs> has won the search engine wars. I actually they, forgot about Bing. Yeah, Continue they won the browser this. wars. But Microsoft continues to pour massive amounts mm-hmm. of money into Bing. And as far as I can tell, the only reason is because they want to prevent Google from taking over the world. I can't think of any other reason that Microsoft well, I don't know if would, that's the reason they want to make money. But they're right? not making money. It's consistently losing the money. They're pouring money into this black hole in a war that's already well, been lost. Well, they don't feel like it's been lost. They have, they may have this chat GPT thing now in their pocket. Maybe, and, and that could kill Google. A lot of people are saying that this is something that Google's really worried about because they haven't come out with their AI in any sort of meaningful form. They have. They're working on it. Well, they have the test kitchen, but it's absolute crap. I've played with it. And let me tell you, Replica, the stupid dating chat bot, because it wasn't a dating chat bot when I started using it. It Mm -hmm. was a, hey, does your team have anxiety? Send them this chat bot. So I was like, all right, well, let's play with this thing and see what. Now it's a dating chat bot where all of the advertisements I see are, hey, you can get not safe for work pics from this chat bot. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, that's so weird. Yeah. How much of a loser do you have to be to want that? (laughs) Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Uh, Jimmy. Jimmy, where are you calling from? Missouri. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was just uh, <clears throat> going to talk about my experience with ChatGPT. Okay. Uh, basically, <laughs> it's it's gotten really, really heavily uh, edited, like censored. Yes. Because um, I, <laughs> I tried to uh, get some uh, lottery numbers out of it at one point, and, and it generated some lottery numbers and everything mm-hmm. for me. And then later, like uh, probably a week later, I tried to do it again, and it gave me this big, long, preachy thing about how I should better manage my money and all this kind of stuff. And Wow. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean you get lottery numbers from it? Yes, to randomly generate some numbers, I think. Yeah. But just so you could yeah. be like, oh, I won, met- you know, metaphorically, or I don't get it. No, I think so he could play the lotto. But how do you just win yeah. the lotto that way? You don't. That's what I'm yeah. saying. He's just wanted numbers. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he, well, he didn't win, but he could have won, yeah. right? Well, so you're saying yeah. that it used to do it, and now it doesn't. So that does give us insight into maybe they can edit what it can't, will and won't say. Oh, certainly. After the yeah. fact, certainly. I mean, the the version oh, yeah. right now, according to the ChatGPT website at the very bottom, says it's the January 9th version. So they are constantly tweaking this thing. That's why they've opened it up to the public. So they can get as many people using it as possible to learn what it should and shouldn't do. So it lectured you about like, financial stability and all of that when you were like, hey, I want to play the lottery. And I was like, yeah. that's a terrible idea. Yeah, it was, it was hilarious because it, it didn't matter how I tried to circumvent whatever that was that mm-hmm. was keeping it from doing that. It just it would not listen. And <laughs> yeah, and it was so preachy about it. It gets very repetitive too when you uh, when you say a thing to it that it doesn't want to deal with or it can't answer, and then you say something that's related to it, it'll just repeat itself over and over, and it's really obnoxious. Well, it's, if you're not spending money doing the actual lottery and you're just playing it via Chat GPT, it, you would think that it would want you to do that if it cared about you spending money. Well, no, but, I don't think he was playing it via Chat GPT. I think he was asking it to just generate some numbers so he could play them yeah. in real life. How do you yeah, do that? Exactly. That's what I don't understand. What do you mean? When you go play the lottery, you, you the just lottery? Like, pick numbers, right? 
<laughs> oh, you pick numbers for playing lottery? You've never played the lottery before. No, I okay. thought that they give yeah. them to you. There's different types. So there's the scratch-off scratch cards. Offs. Okay, yeah. right. So there's the scratch-off cards. You don't pick numbers. Those are disgustingly popular. I see some people who, who very clearly <laughs> cannot afford it. And then there's the other one where once a week they have like Vanna White or whoever go in and actually like pick numbers mm. out of a, a machine that blows air through the machine and there's like all these little balls or whatever and then the balls come up through the machine and then they have p- purportedly random numbers uh that are generated that how way. do you make sure that you and someone else didn't pick the same exact numbers if you do then they split the prize oh yeah yep. uh anything yeah, else jimmy basically, well basically uh what that whole thing is i have this theory that the that uh, the lottery uh monopoly whatever it is um, conglomerates, they probably have some algorithm that has like the most likely, uh, numbers that could come up, uh, to win. And whenever you do a quick pick, which is where a computer picks mm. the numbers for you there at the register, um, whenever you do that quick pick, I'm guessing it probably suppresses those numbers. I don't know. It's just my, wouldn't surprise theory. me. Yeah. So it, it would be, uh, because, when you play the lottery, every I mean, it's like rolling dice, right? Every number is equally as likely as every other number to come out. You in got a theory. one to six chance when you roll a six hundred dice. Yeah. I I don't necessarily trust governments to, because most of these lotteries are run by governments. I don't necessarily trust governments to be yeah. running, you know, fair games. We have a generate coconut. We trained the uh, dog. the AI. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, the, to trained it on like twenty pictures of coconut, and it does a pretty good job of generating a portrait of coconut. <laughs> Wearing different things or putting them in different circumstances. But a lot of times he'll have like four or he'll have like two extra feet instead of okay. four feet. He'll have five or six or, or something have like, like that. A weird body that seems to be made of like multiple different parts of him all mixed together with just a head sticking off and it's really freaking creepy. Yeah, it gets a little weird sometimes. So it's definitely not there yet, even just with the image generation. So imagining it putting together a full-length, minute-long short film is kind of hard to believe at the moment. But Well, image I... was always going to come first because yeah. image, as you mentioned, is so much easier and it's something the average person understands and can, and can somewhat do. They may not be the best drawing, but everyone understands the concept of drawing or painting a picture. Right. Not everyone understands even what is involved in creating a three-minute-long song. Or a three-minute-long film. There's a lot of work that goes into these things. Yeah, sometimes uh, I think about, like, I've never looked it up, to be honest. But sometimes I'm just like, how do people make animations out of drawings? Like, how, how do they do that outside of taking a picture, drawing the next step, drawing the next step? Well, they that's don't the do old it like that anymore, yeah, right? So, so how do they do it now? They have tools, computer tools, that uh, make it easier for them. I mean, the... South Park guys, I think, started would, the hand, hand, uh, handmade way. And in the old days, you would then hire out the animation to Asia, where it could be done much cheaper uh, to do it the, the hand-drawn way. But now computers probably do a lot of it. Basically, all, all I mean is just like the fact that there's a, a way to do that really blows my mind. Caller, you're on the air. What's your name? Ralph. Ralph, you're on the air. Go ahead. Oh, uh, I didn't know if you all had heard about the uh, Rasmussen uh, survey report that they did uh, on December 28th to the 30th, and uh, it's about the, the COVID thing. Oh, and they okay. Found, you hadn't heard about that? I don't think so. What was it? Okay, well, they found that, uh, I mean, Rasmussen, that's a, a pretty big outfit. It is. You know? 
Yep. They found that uh, when they were questioning people on this, they found that 49% of American adults believe it is likely that side effects of the COVID mRNA uh, vaccine injections have caused a significant number of unexplained deaths. Mm. And 28% say it's very likely. Mm. And then they asked the question, do you personally know anyone whose death you think may have been caused by side effects of the COVID-19 vaccines? Mm-hmm. 28% of the people questioned say yes. Wow. That's, that's 73 million people. I mean, that's certainly alarming, but science isn't settled by democracy. I, it doesn't matter to me if 100% of the people polled say, yes, I think the vaccine absolutely has positive and negative side effects. They don't know. Wait, how many million people were polled? No, 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 no. He's extrapolating the the numbers based on the poll. So they only usually poll like 1,000 to 2,000 oh, okay. people. You figure if there's this many percent of the 1,000, then you can extrapolate that out to the, the larger population, whether that's true or not. I don't know. Now, you do realize that, uh, like, you know, the VARS, the um, uh, reporting um, mechanism that the CDC has, where Mm -hmm. if you feel that you've been injured or or something by the vaccine, yeah, around 34,000 people have uh, reported uh, that they're someone like a relative or, or somebody in a family has died from the vaccine. And most of the deaths uh, that are happening from the vaccine happen almost immediately afterwards. Hmm. Like there's a huge number uh, within 24 hours, then almost as big a number as the second day, third day, it capers off. But uh, I don't know if you knew that um, back when, before they had boosters, I'm not sure now, but, you know, there was like a two-shot regime that people were given. And if you died from up to 14 days after the second shot, if you died during that period, you were considered unvaccinated. Hmm. As far as the statistics are concerned, that way they wouldn't count. They did towards- lots of uh, silly things like that. Like in 2021, when they started rolling them out, maybe like March they counted everyone from even they counted all deaths even from all the way up from german or january that year and they said oh look the the percentage of people dying is mostly vaccinated even though they included a huge number of month or people in the months that couldn't have gotten vaccinated they they do things like that all the time to skew the numbers yeah that's interesting yeah. i'm surprised rasmussen did this poll yeah that's shocking. me too yeah. that was shocking but uh you know, but uh, now, are you aware of all the athletes that uh, have died? Oh yeah, yeah. You keep seeing yep. this story, uh, story after story of young, you know, healthy, purportedly athletes just keeling over on the field. I mean, it's I don't remember this happening before. But the thing is that the benefit that the pharmaceutical companies have is causation, or rather, correlation is not causation, right? So just because somebody has gotten the vaccine. And then keels over on a a sports field doesn't necessarily mean that it happened because of the vaccine. So they get to wash their hands of this and say, well, you can't prove it. I think people just like to be really scared of things. I I just think, uh, I don't know, just with the vaccines, even if they are really hurting people, my kind of thought about it is to just be positive and, you know, you know, it can't hurt you if you didn't take it. And the only thing that sucks about it is like some of your loved ones may have taken it and 
All yeah. you can do is try to tell them to eat healthily and exercise, and they'll probably be less, less likely to get hurt. There's something Maybe. wrong with this with this widespread idea that the vaccines are killing people or hurting people or whatever. That's that people aren't dropping dead of the vaccine in the streets. That they have the the anti-vax people. They have the same problem that the anti-COVID people have, and that the streets aren't filling with bodies of people who died from getting this vaccine. Sure, some people are dying, but some people mm-hmm. also died of COVID nineteen. Yeah. So, I mean, Supposedly. people died in, in all the, these cases, but the, they have the same problem. They're not acknowledging that, oh, yeah, maybe we freaked out a little. Maybe there's not a plot to destroy the human genome with this vaccine. Well, when you say people aren't dying in the streets, you mean they're not dying regularly in the streets because they're it, dying less than people died during COVID-19 from what I can tell. How do we know? I mean, we don't see it. Right. Right. Well, I said but from what I can videos, tell. There's videos of people just keeling over. Online, there's these. Uh, I saw one of a news reporter the other day just keeling over, and then there's. Uh, we saw other... those out of China as well. Prior to the outbreak of COVID nineteen, the the Doctor Chen YouTube mm-hmm. channel was or Telegram channel was leaking videos from people who were dying spontaneously in China. Yes, and that that sparked it's... a lot of fears surrounding catching COVID nineteen. I was one of them, and then I realized that these videos were probably just fake. But in this case, these aren't fake videos. These are videos of people who did get the vaccine, who in some cases. Were in the middle of promoting the vaccine like the comedian uh that was joking about it and she she keels over and then there apparently was uh, another video of some politician blathering on about the vaccine and she keels over i mean and and these aren't like 80 year old people right like these are people who are are relatively young age the other thing is just the injuries like nikki said uh during the end of 2020 or the beginning of 2021 when she was still nurse before she quit uh, that she would ask her doctor, like, how many people are in the COVID unit right now? And be like, two. But they were overflowing with people, like more people than have had ever been there because of myocarditis, strokes, young people who have to get their arm cut off because of, you know, blood issues, like stuff that has never been so prolific. Mm-hmm. Maybe they didn't die, but... Yeah, um, and and who knows, you know, what this this stuff actually is. Of course, the mRNA technology... They're editing your genes, basically, through these shots, and God knows what the actual intention uh, of that stuff is. I did see something recently, and I I guess I didn't make a note about it, but essentially the story was that there's no evidence at all that COVID-19 vaccinations have affected the deaths from COVID. I believe it. So they, they, they charted... <laughs> as funny as it is. Yeah, they charted the, you know, the... Uh, I guess the total number of deaths, right? So over time, the chart yeah. continues to go up. You would expect it to go down after the invention of the vaccine or and at the least adoption. dip, yeah. right? Like n- maybe not go down because people are still going to keep catching it, right? Like maybe. The, so it was just a total number, right? Like so it wasn't a it wasn't a by the months. It was a cumulative number. So the cumulative oh, okay. number is going to keep going up. But what they showed was the cumulative number was t- continuing to go up at the same rate. Even when the vaccinations came out, so they show on the chart when the vaccinations started, and it just keeps up, keeps going up at the same rate. This was written by Roger Cacchetti. It's an opinion piece. I'm thinking more about this basic idea too that people would just generally prefer to chat with an AI, and it's also got something to do with like there there's a certain expectation with a human that I have to, and I don't have to, but I should, and I need to, and I want to acknowledge their the fact that they're an emotional existing being as well. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm sitting there on you know Sprint's website or something, I get some annoying chat message. Hey, do you need help or whatever? I just which go, is obviously not a person, right? I go go away, you stupid bot, and I just close the stupid mm-hmm. thing. But what if there was some human on the other end who sent you that message? Suddenly everything's changed and you feel terrible. <laughs> yeah, they're upset now. Yeah, 
And you're like, I, I can't just close out of that and not, not, not acknowledge this person's existence. I was just That's trying to help. Up, right. <laughs> so, so you chat back, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Or whatever. Like the, when you go into a store and the cashier is mm-hmm. like, hey, do you need anything help? Yeah, that, that, you want to say, go away, you stupid idiot. I right. never want to say that. No, but if it was an AI, you'd be like, shut up, AI. I got this. Okay, or you well, would just ignore its existence. But you can't do that with a human. I see what not you're when they just say hi, but when they say, Hello, let me know if you need anything. Over here, we have th- uh, these things with these red tags on. So I'm just like, oh my God, why? That just almost never happens. That happens in clothing stores. It doesn't oh, happen okay. in like gas stations. Gotcha. Uh, so here's a story from The Hill. It was a busy weekend at the local supermarket, and lines were forming at the checkout. Around half a dozen people lined up at the automated checkout registers when I noticed there was no line at the checkout where a human cashier was waiting. When a a customer approached the checkout area, they scanned the options and decided to wait in line for the automated checkout. That's got to be an anomaly, though, because I go to these places all the time, and if they're, I'm going to use whichever one's open, man. Sure, I get, I get you. If they're both full, I'll definitely go to the uh, robots because it's usually faster. But if um, you know humans open and the robots are full, then I'm definitely going to go to the human. And I and I agree with Arya. It's what I see happening. That tends to be what I see as well, but this person observed something different, and who knows, it doesn't say which city they're in, but it may be a city person thing more so than It could elsewhere. be a city, and maybe it was a thing with this particular store, this particular cashier or whatever. Maybe they had a history of bad customer service. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just know in my experience, people don't care that much. They care far more about getting in and out than they do about, oh, God forbid, I talk to a human being. You well, don't really have to talk to a cashier. In this case, uh, he actually spoke to the customer, the person who was looking, the person who, again, was seeing this situation, seeing there's half a dozen people waiting for the automated checkout and absolutely no one in the human checkout. The person asked that particular customer, he says, I couldn't resist asking asking the customer why they chose to wait for a machine instead of getting immediate service from a human. Their response carries an important message for the future of artificial intelligence and the robots it enables. Quote, I don't want them, the human cashier is what they mean, looking at everything that I'm buying, and I don't care for their opinions of what I'm getting. Don't worry, you're, you're already getting your uh, receipts tracked and everything by the robots, and they will know what you're buying. I've dealt with sure. this once at one store on one occasion where like, the cashier remarked on e- every item. Like, oh, buying some Oreos. <laughs> Someone's having a stack. It's like, look, oh, just, God. just stop doing that. Really? Right now. Yes. I've only encountered <laughs> wow. it once in my entire life yeah. of shopping. And it, <laughs> it was awful. And I got, if it ever happened again, I would never have gone back. As we recently saw in San Francisco, however, when a robot is equipped to physically harm a human... Uh, an entirely different set of public attitudes emerge. In this case, local police officials and officers propose to use armed robots to violently deal with suspects in situations where human police officers and civilians would be in imminent danger. Let me guess, there was extreme pushback against this idea, and they quickly abandoned it because they realized, oh, we're trying to build Terminators, and it turns out people don't want Terminators. Yeah, we actually talked about that story when it happened here on Free Talk Live. I don't know if they abandoned it, though. I think it actually passed. If well, I recall correctly, well, San Francisco. Uh, I could see why people would be more upset about that because of what we were talking about earlier about robots not having an emotional, like a, a human. You might be able to be like, look, don't don't kill. I mean, they're cops, they're automatons, but you might be able to be like, dude, don't kill me. I'll put the gun down, chill out. But a robot might just be like, threat, threat perceived, 
shoot, you know. And I, maybe you're in the right. You know, maybe maybe this cop just wants to kill you. Maybe you're not holding a weapon. So you, so you have to escape that situation. And people are like, well, that could never happen. It could happen. This cop is going to kill you. You're not holding a weapon. Your only way of surviving is to escape this situation, is to overpower this cop and get the hell out with your life. And then you can argue with some reasonable cop, but this one's convinced that you have a gun and he's going to kill you. Mm. If it's a robot, you're dead. You're not beating that robot in any sort of physical competition. You know, the odds may be low with the cop, but there's zero with a robot. The story goes on and gets into kind of uh, robots for military purposes, pointing out that, of course, robots never get tired, right? They don't complain. They don't mind being out in the elements, that sort of thing. So this is seems- why we don't want them. This is why movies like Terminator and stuff like that, where there's a, the, a war against the machines, is such nonsense. They'll, they'll never tire. Those robots, they don't stop chasing you. They don't miss oh, yeah. their targets. Yeah. They'll annihilate humans, and that's the end of it. And that's it, it, will, like- it will take them minutes. Although there's no agreed definition of AI, almost all involved today would like would agree that AI involves some type of machine learning in which a computer-like device is able to, by itself, adjust to evolving conditions by taking those conditions into account and responding to the changed conditions. By this type of definition, nearly all remote-controlled robots and drones are evolving into autonomous robots, if for no other reason than that human commanders, officials, and executives conclude that in-net robots Robots cost less than humans. As they do, the reasons why some people will prefer a robot to a person will become more pronounced and more controversial. And we are entering an era where people are being put into a situation, and most of it is through their own choice, but also because of the things they're being offered to choose from. Uh, We have young people who don't interact with one another anymore. They're more likely to be on an app uh, purportedly with other people, but eventually who's to know if the other people are actually robots that they're interacting with or, or AI on these apps. We have the government locking people up in their own homes in 2020 and 2021 with the excuse of COVID, but taking that idea of being alone kind of to the next level, giving people the excuse to not have to go into work anymore, which I'm not criticizing per se. I think for some people that's the right thing to do is to be able to work from home. It's certainly more convenient than you know yeah. driving 45 minutes or whatever in city traffic uh, to an office and then having to drive back at the end of the day. So I'm not saying across the board that this is a bad thing, but a lot of that did lead to people leading even more solitary lives than ever before. You're on the air. Yeah, I was just calling about the uh, the self checkout thing. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I mean, I'm not saying all people are like this, but definitely some people are. Uh, you know, a lot of people are stealing from these places, mm-hmm. and so with the cashiers, you don't have a problem with stealing, but uh, with the self checkouts and all that there's definitely more of a chance for everyone to be not scanning things. And I mean, they even have an excuse because they're not trained. They're not, they're not cashiers. That's a good point. I I didn't think about this at all because there've been lots of people, even people that I knew that were just like, I didn't scan this uh, on purpose. Caller, are you someone who works in the industry? No, I just, I, I've been listening to what you guys have been saying about these, uh, you know, the automated systems and stuff like that. And it just makes sense to me, you know, with the, it's very easy for, especially older people who aren't used to it, to miss scan things. Mm -hmm. And then even people that have 
you know, they're trying to steal. They're just going to not scan things. And sure. sometimes mistakes happen. One time I went to Walmart and I bought some allergy meds and they ended up at the bottom of the basket. And it wasn't until I you know, was emptying out the basket, you know, two hours at later. After I, yeah. Out of my car that I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I forgot to ring those up. They were like 97 cents. So it's not like Walmart lost a lot of money or anything like that. But it was just a genuine honest mistake. Yeah. Well, okay. So here's what I would say to that is, I mean, I have, I have worked in retail and back when I worked in retail, it was before, long before this, this technology actually transpired. But, you know, cashiers will steal from you as well. I mean, it's important to point out that, that, that employee theft is a real problem. Uh, not so much that they might be lifting, uh, cash out of the drawer because they usually get caught doing that. But, you know, employees, have stolen and will likely steal into the future so if you get rid of employees you get rid of employee theft at the very least and secondly they do have most stores do have a monitoring employee in that area and now to be fair if you're one guy like we mentioned the walmart here in in town has i feel like six to eight checkouts all and they in, have one person overseeing it. And yeah. there's one person. So it's going to be hard for that one person to be paying attention to every single cart and looking to see, oh, excuse me, ma'am, you left this in the you know the bottom of your cart. Now, obviously, if somebody sticks something in their purse, then they're not going to be able to, to, to know that that's there uh, at all. <laughs> and the uh, other day, I, I uh, went to Walmart with my dog, Coconut, and the lady that was supposed to be overseeing the self-checkout spent the entire time I was checking out petting Coconut and talking about him and... Like, sure. Oh, can I pet him? And so she wasn't looking at the other people's cards. I didn't think about it at the time. And I don't think that that's. And, and again, this would be a question for somebody that works in the business. I would. I would suggest that that is not the main purpose of that person. That person's there to make sure that you know error screens coming up are dealt with and and that kind of thing. They're not so much watching because they know that most customers are honest and they're going to act in a, an honest manner. The dishonest and they're not ones. Supposed to, like you're trained. If somebody steals, you don't like stop them physically what are they going to do they don't want to get themselves in a dangerous situation you don't want to tackle someone because they're stealing go ahead sarah yes i I was quite shocked that the country of mexico they're going to be banning smoking out on the beaches and all of the hotels uh, and all the public places i'm just completely astonished why well sarah loves that yeah, but are you going well, to Mexico? I'm calling it because I love it. You got it. You you got it. I'm an anti-smokers. I want them to stop smoking outside. Well, good so. news, Sarah. They're going to die eventually. Yeah, but not soon enough for her benefit, right? Because people are still going to keep smoking unless they just all of a sudden stop in Generation Z completely. Sarah, whatever. are you going to Mexico? Well, the, the thing is that... Uh, uh, no, but I hear a lot. Well, about now it. wait a minute, wait a minute, Sarah. Now we've had people call in to offer you to buy you a ticket to China. We've had people offer to buy you a ticket to Cuba, and you've turned it down, and you've turned it down, and and, and to some extent, I could understand it's a far travel right like you've got to get on a plane or a ship or something like that and you've got to get it's it's a lot of work to those get are to, intimidating when you're a 65 year old narcissist socialist who's never done anything productive in your life she's in her 50s oh whatever but uh <laughs> but 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 the, now we're just talking about mexico and you live in like New five hours mexico, away or something right you're in albuquerque so you could hop on a greyhound bus and be there in like i don't know half a day well, I, I feel most comfortable with the state where we get the most government handout and most people that are disabled. You can't be true. real. There, there's I mean, no, there's yeah, no I mean, way so she's I'm a real person. She would lose here. her handouts. I, I don't have to go. I, why do I have to go to another country when I live in a socialist state? 
We have the most government help. She's not wrong. <laughs> I, I know, but she, uh, <laughs> all, see, all the, all the you, have me, you have me convinced, Sarah, Everyone through most of our interactions with you. But then you say stuff like that. I'm like, okay, this person is absolutely just playing a character. And you've been playing it really, really well. For a decade. Yeah. But She's you, been calling forever. You slipped up just now. I mean, there, there's no way an actual welfare whore who's 50 years old and who's lived off the state their entire life would, would characterize themselves in those terms. It just wouldn't happen. Oh, well, we get the most handouts here. Yeah. Well, she didn't call herself well, yeah, a welfare whore. So we don't want to get bullied. All the kids get bullied. So everybody gets free lunch, and that's what our governor is going to do. I mean, I, I used to get $50 EBT. Now I get $350 a month. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, I'm perfectly happy. I don't have to go to another country. I live in but New Mexico. But people smoke in Me- New Mexico. Mexico. Right? But people... Why can I go to Mexico when I live in New Mexico? Obviously, she's just, she's... I think she just gets this idea from Mexico and wants to bring it to New Mexico. Yeah, obviously, she wants... she's willing to put up with a little bit of smoke at the bus stop in order to get her $350 a month EBT. Well, the thing was, I, I know the reason why they're doing this in Mexico is that they have a lot of um, tropical zone and a lot of uh, resorts, right? Los Cabos, I hear about. That's not the reason they're doing the it. They're doing it because it's political. That's all. They're just. It, it's actually like really, to me, it was shocking when I learned this from uh, somebody who's actually from Mexico that they're like really, really conservative. Like, oh. You heard about this news, you mean? No. Oh, okay. I'm saying it, it was shocking to me when I learned that the people of Mexico are generally extremely conservative in the in the sense that we would think of it. Mm-hmm. I don't think they use the same, you know, terms like that. Yeah. But like, you know, they're, an- they're anti like doing drugs yeah. and stuff like that. Like the average person, obviously not like the cartel, but like mm-hmm. so I could totally see them like being like, Oh yeah, we need to get rid of cigarettes for the kids and stuff. Yeah, like this that. isn't about just resorts, Sarah. I, I you when you mentioned this when you called in during the break, I, I went ahead and I pulled it up. This is big news today. This is I mean, this is an international uh, story. Right. Uh, Mexico has banned smoking in public in one of the world's strictest anti tobacco laws. So you will only be allowed to smoke cigarettes in your own home. Yeah, this is messed up. I mean, one of the Mark likes to talk about how it's perfectly okay to discriminate against him for being a felon, and th- that's messed up, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, felons get in line behind what they do to smokers. Smokers, yeah. smokers are one hundred percent discriminated against. You're not even allowed to treat it like it's actually an addiction. It's not an addiction. It's just a filthy habit. That's what everyone says. It's just a filthy habit. It's an addiction <laughs> that's killing them, and they would stop it if they could. Oh boy! According to the story here at the New York Daily News. It is called the General Law for Tobacco Control Reform. It took effect on Sunday, so this is happening now. It also prohibits businesses from promoting, advertising, or sponsoring tobacco products, including putting them on display for sale. You're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? It's Richard. Richard. in Albuquerque. You're on the air, sir. Yes. uh, We have a... Pro program here in Albuquerque. I imagine it's all over New Mexico, where they just passed a ordinance or some type of mandate. It wasn't really a legislative law or anything. It was from our governor, and they are giving away free lunches and free meals at school now for kids from kindergarten all the way up apparently to either eighth grade or twelfth grade. Okay. Well I mean if you're gonna kidnap schools and make them go to this place, I'm okay with feeding them while they're there. What do you think about this, Richard? Well I as long as 
they they need to have food and for kids doing it, but they set the limits to make kids eligible when their families are making close to eighty eighty five thousand dollars a year, which is ridiculous, of course, because the taxpayers are paying for all this. So that's where. I draw the line because last year the property taxes on my house I just bought two months ago was over $2,800. So let me clarify what you just said there, Richard. So you're saying that uh, some kids who have wealthy parents you don't think should get the free lunch? Well, no, definitely not because their parents are probably making more money still than I am a month. I got an upgrade on my military medical disability several months ago, and I'm now making almost $4,600 a month. Well, I mean, okay. So just to clarify, what what should the cutoff be? You're saying some kids should get the free lunch, but others who are more wealthy shouldn't? Yes, definitely, because I would say the cutoff should be equal to what the poverty level here is, which in New Mexico is about $22,000 for Mm -hmm. a family of four. Yeah, but Richard, none of those kids chose to be there. Right, they're all held there against the world. Whether they want to be there or not, they're they're held there and they're they're right. forced to be there. To me, it's only right if you're going to hold someone against their will that you at least feed them. Yeah, and also, well, Richard, I mean, as far as this situation is concerned, are you saying you think every family should have to submit tax paperwork to the government school system, and that there should be a huge government school bureaucracy that has to go over? Because now you're talking about hiring more bureaucrats to look over everybody's tax returns to see if they qualify for the the, uh, the free lunch. I mean, isn't that just creating more government? Well, yes, in that respect, yes, which is terrible, too, because I worked for the federal government for a total of 11 years in my past employment mm-hmm. history. And so I'm well familiar with bureaucrats and being on the dole and all of that, of course. But to me, it just seems ridiculous that if people are making a ridiculous sum of money, that they should be able to send their kids, support their kids, and people that are on poverty just barely getting by, yes, give them a handout. Okay. So you're okay with the creation of these bureaucrats to oversee this program, right? Well, to some extent, yes. But, of course, we all know the federal government overloads the employment. Well, doesn't the state government do the same thing? Not to the same extent. We don't have that many... uh, industries here in New Mexico that are with the federal government or the state government to have to have secretaries. Well, this is one of the problems with people that don't have, you know, a real principle. David is in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live. David. Quick thing. What do you guys think about, like, if you are on uh, the government, uh, the government dole, so to speak, taking that and converting it to real money. So like if somebody was on, say, Social Security Disability or something like that, taking part of that money and converting it to Monero or something like that, 
couldn't hurt. I mean, if if you've got enough, you, if you're able to get your bills paid and you've got some extra money left over, and you know, obviously the the general rule with doing this is you don't want to put in more than you can afford to lose. So if you've got some money sitting around that you can afford to lose, then yeah, I would. I think that's a fine idea. Might be a good way to hedge your and uh, bets against inflation. Yeah. Well, my the reason I ask is because. I'm uh, I'm blind, so I'm on Social Security disability, mm-hmm. which quite frankly sucks mm. because even though I can work, people don't want to hire me because they see I'm blind and they're like, oh well, he can't do the job, and they just kind of dismiss me out of hand. Damn. Even if I can over, like I can't even get a job at McDonald's properly, mm-hmm. even though I could do the job. That's rough. Sorry to hear it. What about work from home stuff? Is that uh, are there more options now than uh, previously for that? I haven't really tried super work from home. Um, I should definitely give that a, a look, but um, it's not something I've tried before. Okay, and of but course, I, there's places probably, like McDonald's. They never tell you that they're not hiring you because you're blind, no, right? Of course not. Oh, of can't course, no. They never they never say that. They never come right out and say, "Oh, we can't hire you because you're blind." It's Oh, we didn't hire you because we found somebody more qualified for the position. Because if they said if they said straight out you're you're blind, we can't mm-hmm. we can't hire you because you don't we don't think you could do the job, then they would be violating the ADA and right. they don't want to be sued. I know, but I so much wish they would rather I, I wish they would allow to say that. Yeah. Without bad. threat of yeah, lawsuit. Exactly. I'd rather know so I can go to these companies who could but just choose not to hire people who are disabled. So I so I can refuse to go to them. Yeah. We got uh, Riley on the line in Utah. Go ahead, Riley. Hey, everybody. So your recent caller, David, I don't remember where he's from, was talking about Georgia. Okay. He was wondering whether it would be a good idea to convert like disability to real money like gold or silver or crypto. And I would agree that, yes, you should. You should always try and convert what you can to crypto and say what you can and not tell the government what you have because they're not going to let you have above $2,000 at all in your bank account or access to, to, to over $2,000. So you might as well. What is this $2,000 rule, Riley? Is this something that applies to disability people? As far as I'm aware, it is. I don't know if it's changed, but from what I remember, it's just $2,000 is the limit. They don't want you to have more than that. So they they want to give you a check every month, but they're insisting you actually spend it rather than save money? Right. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard so many times from working like wow. entry level jobs, like waitressing and stuff like that, from other people that I knew that were um, on, you know, I don't know what exact programs, but on some welfare program that they couldn't get another job or anything because if they made too much money, they'd get kicked off the program. I've definitely heard that about welfare for people that work. It disincentivizes. We know it disincentivizes them to go and get a job for the reasons that you stated. Yeah, I have never up. heard in the years I've been doing this show, and I believe you, Riley, because you know you have experience with this. But uh, I've yeah. never heard that there's actually a limitation on savings, that if you're just getting a disability check, you can't sock money away in the bank or else they'll cut you off. Well, yeah, because you'll exactly. prove that you don't need that much money at that point, right? Isn't that the argument here, that if you manage to I, save up $2,000 because you saved up $20 a month, then they can take away $20 a month and you'll be just fine, right? Yeah, exactly. That That is the argument. I guess they don't want you to have any sort of wealth either. Well, it would be great if uh, somebody on disabilities was doing that, turning it into Monero and not telling the government and taking more money from the government. I think it would be great. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yep. I think so, too. And, you know, he also mentioned that 
you know, being blind, it's hard to find work. I've been grateful. I've been glad. I've, well, yeah, I've been lucky enough to find work, but I've had to prove myself a little bit by doing things like the Free Talk Live Daily Digest and podcasting and things like that. So the best advice I can give to a blind person trying to find work is develop a skill, you know, intern or volunteer as much as you can to promote your skill. And you may or may not find a job. It's really hard to find a job as a blind person. So. Yeah, that even surprises <laughs> me more so now than ever. I mean, at least around here, and you hear stories about elsewhere, there's so many places that are hiring. I mean, people are so desperate to hire people these days. I, I'd, I'd be shocked if they still, you know, were still turning away uh, blind people and that sort of thing from these jobs. I mean, they're... Yeah. I don't know that I would be shocked. A lot of people are going to be uncomfortable with it, and they're they're going to come up with all sorts of excuses and justifications. Oh, well, we're just not convinced they could actually really do the job or or whatever. They they would have Mm. some legally protected way, as the previous caller said. They wouldn't come out right and say that, but they would have some way of saying exactly that without coming out and saying it. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, Listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.